Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, From the yeah. NHR and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 1063. Theo, in a second, you want to tell us a little bit about Duffy's? Of course. Okay. Uh, before that, though, we... Uh, we uh, we asked earlier outside of hockey players because we all know hockey players have the, the the best hair. Outside of hockey players, who has the best hair in sports? I say Bryce Harper's right there. I mean Bryce Harper. Again, he looks like he conditions the hell out of that hair. He takes great care of it. I always wanted hair where I could run my fingers through it, and it would. I came up in like the Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like Devin Sawa era, though of uh, of of teen heartthrobs where the, it was the long hair parted in the middle, whole thing. I always wanted that. Never had it. My hair was too. Believe it or not, my hair was too thick. It was too uh, too wavy. Yeah, okay. To have that happen now. Uh, okay. I don't have any hair to speak of. Sure. I miss those days of uh, of of what was then my disappointing hair. Um, but uh, Troy messages in outside of hockey players who has the best hair in sports. Emo Jimmy. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Not bad. I hate it. How about how about Jaime Hawkins Junior? Jaime. It he's, looks a little ratty. He's got hockey lettuce, though. He's got hockey. If he had a yeah. hockey uniform on, you would love it. Yeah, right, right, right. It's thick enough. It flows. I do think it could use a trim. Now, I'll say this, Stone. When you had your long hair, it was a little Trevor Lawrence-y, but it had more, it had more volume to it. it. It was definitely Trevor Lawrence-y. It definitely didn't have volume. I appreciate you for trying there, <laughs> trying to reach out a lending hand. But it was. I think it was during the time where the Trevor Lawrence-y was almost... It, it was all right. It was the sunshine era. Yeah, it was the but, sunshine but that era. Said, sunshine had volume in his hair from Remember the Titans. Yeah, he had more volume than actual. How Trevor many Lawrence. times do you get called sunshine in your high school? Oh life? my god, all uh, the time? probably over six thousand. Yeah, not funny. Wow. Like not funny. Like it was me growing up. Like, where's Barbie? Where's Barbie? Yeah, yeah. Shut up! I've heard that three thousand uh, times. It's not funny. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But sunshine's not meant to be funny. It was actually a term of endearment. I thought it was like. Yeah, but then when everybody uses it, it sucks because they're trying to like jab at you. Oh, hey, did you know you have long hair? Yes. Yeah, it was like. Substituted for an icebreaker, kind yeah. of. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's the thing too. You've got a unique first name, anyways. So you don't need to go the sunshine route. It's not like your name was Phil. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a stone. Stone's unique. Like, hey, stone. You don't yeah. need to go sunshine in that. It's spot. Sunshine's almost worse than stone. You know, people go with stoner. <laughs> you got to do the giggle. <laughs> oh, I didn't well, even think did about have that. The long yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. But I feel like your name. You were meant to be bald. Like you have that kind of name, stone. Like it hits. Like a round head. And, and yeah, like a round bald head, oh, like Stone Cold. Stone, that, maybe that's why. That's why it's because Stone Cold. Because mm-hmm. he has a, he has a name. Like there's he, a lot of similarities between us. If somebody was walking by this this uh, the studio mm-hmm. and they look in, they say, "Hey, one Which of these three Stone? guys is named Stone." <laughs> well, there's no other black guy's name Stone, <laughs> so that immediately eliminates Theo. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I so it's one of the but two. Then if, but then yeah. if you ask them which one's Theo, they're not picking Theo. In a, in a spot. They're, they're probably, probably going, Ken. I kind of like that. When we get to our studios in uh, <laughs> in Rosemary Square, we're going to have a big old fat window right lo- overlooking the street. Yeah. I kind of like the new segment, which one is Stone? Which one is Stone? We'll do it with like I a- actually love, the, I, once a week we will play, which one is Stone? That's a great segment. And we'll see how many times Stone gets yeah. chosen as Stone. Because oh I think it's pretty damn obvious. Because again, <laughs> trendy black man. Definitely not, not stone. stone. Not stone. Definitely not a stone. Yeah. Uh, Theo, speaking of uh, fashionable black men, yes. Uh, if you could tell us about Duffy Sports Grill, where it's where you can find plenty of fashionable black men to go along with other 
uh-huh. other many of the different and kinds maybe of people. stones and stones and kins yeah. and, and Barbies, whatever. Right, who cares? Duffy Sports Grill is is the hub of all things great, especially when it comes to your sports watching pleasure, but also when it comes to just the pleasure of dining on some great food. May I interest you? In jumbo fried shrimp. Mm. I'm talking about crispy jumbo shrimp, some a side of French fries, tangy coleslaw, served up with a little cocktail sauce to dip it in. That's just one of the many things on the menu. Of course, you have award-winning burgers, award-winning wings. You got two-for-one drinks all day, every single day. You don't got to ask them what day of the week it is, what time it is. Two-for-one drinks. You order one, you get another one for free. And on top of that, no matter where you sit in the Duffy Sports Grill, no matter what game you want to watch, you'll have your pick of the litter because there's more than 80 TVs in every single Duffy's Sports Grill. To become an MVP, go to Duffy'sMVP.com, sign up, take a look at the menu while you're at it, get your mouth and your uh, taste buds kind of watering and get ready for some great food. And remember, at Duffy's, our game is always on. Florida Atlantic head football coach Tom Herman at 145 here on Levicka Theo and Stone. Stone. Real quick uh, submission. Yesterday we were talking about uh, underrated snacks, underrated appetizers. I think shrimp cocktails got to be in the conversation. Yeah. I think it's properly rated. You give it out everywhere. Do you? They give it out so many places. Like you're talking about the cold version of it? Yeah, I like the cold version. Okay. So I would, I will say, when we're talking Duffy's, the Southwestern egg rolls. Yeah, I rank them ahead of the uh, the shrimp cocktail. Really? But I think shrimp cocktail. Not every place. I mean, very few places yeah. have Southwestern egg rolls, and Those they're elite at Duffy's. Yeah. So what I, I suppose, if you're talking just like being anywhere, appetizer, um, then yeah, I suppose shrimp cocktail is there because it's going to be everywhere because it's easy to put together. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy to put. I together. like it when it's got some spice to it. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not a big horseradish guy, but I'll do cocktail sauce. Exactly. With shrimp. Yeah. So we got. I just got um the the caterer for. Of course, I'm getting married in February, mm-hmm. so we're going through the process of planning, and um I had to pick out out of like 25 a list of like 25 different appetizers, a lot of great stuff there. I had to pick out five. That's a lot. And dream that is job. A, dream dream out, job. This is just for the tasting. All, yeah, yeah, for the tasting so I can see which one we want. And um, and I was eyeing that that shrimp cocktail. Make the cut. It was a warm shrimp cocktail though, which I'm I'm for. But I was it was so many other good things, and there was like like lamb uh, chops, mm, lamb chop mm-hmm. or bites or the smaller version yeah, or whatever. No, it's good. It's like little cubes of gyro. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like there were so many other things on there that were so delectable, and I thought about it. I'm like. Shrimp cocktail, you get that at any old cocktail yeah, yeah. hour. Like that's something you bar. can prepare at home and bring it. Yeah, like this is my wedding. Yeah. This is a once in a lifetime event. Yeah. Let's let's do it up. So I did I did consider the shrimp cocktail, but okay. I, I went another direction. Okay. Uh do you have a ring bearer yet? Because I'd like to nominate Stone. <laughs> What's so funny about that? <laughs> well, Can you imagine Stone walking down the aisle with the pillow and the ring and like yeah. that would be amazing. That would make my day. That would be amazing. That would make my day. It would make things, my day. Yeah. Two things on my wedding day. Watching Ashley, my fiance, walk down the aisle. <laughs> and then there, but and then, before that, yeah. Stone and his big bald head <laughs> ambling down the aisle with the, the ring on a soft pillow. Uh, I like that an awful lot. Great. Uh, a couple things I want to uh, get to here. Uh, so, so here's how I know the Braves are done. Here's how I know the Braves are done. Can we can we play again Bryce Harper's second home run last night, Stone? Uh, Bryce Harper's second home run. This, uh, this on, on TBS. Harper, high fly ball, center field. He's watching. Harris turns. Harris leaps. It's gone. Harper with a rainmaker. And another stare down. 
So, so Bryce Harper staring down Orlando Arceus, the uh, the shortstop of the Braves, uh, who who was was caught in the clubhouse, uh, open media clubhouse after game two, after Bryce Harper was doubled up in spectacular fashion to end that game. Ha ha, attaboy Bryce, ha ha, attaboy Bryce. Uh, a reporter who was in the locker room interviewing players heard this multiple times uh, from Orlando Arceus. At the time the home run happened last night, though, it was allegedly herded. The Braves contingent, Braves fans were saying, he doesn't speak English. There's no way he said that. You're making this up to try and create a storyline for this series. Um, but then... After the game, via translator, Orlando Arceus was asked about about the the, the comment in question, uh, what seemingly spurred Bryce Harper to excellence in two long, towering home runs last night in Philadelphia. And it seems like what Braves fans were trying to say didn't happen, actually did happen. Here's Orlando Arceus. No, porque cuando uno gana en el clubhouse uno puede hablar lo que uno quiera. Pero lo que pasa es que hay gente que, que pone lo que no tiene que poner. Y son lo que son unos chismosos. No, just because, I mean, uh, you know, when you win the clubhouse, I just want to be personal, you can say whatever you wanted. So, um, you know, I guess it's just something that was that was reported, you know, um, and just that. When you said, said what you said, did you, did you intend for it to get back to Harper when you saw that? Cuando dijiste lo que dijiste que si tuviste la intención que Harper lo escuche. No está supuesto escucharlo, por eso lo estamos celebrando en el clubhouse. He wasn't supposed to hear, that's why we were celebrating, that was why we were uh, talking in the clubhouse. He wasn't supposed to hear it. We were talking in the clubhouse. <laughs> that's the confirmation right there. He did say it. Yeah, he said it. He, he, he did say it. Um, and so... I want you to hear this from Travis Dearnod of the Atlanta Braves, who is who is um, who's who's now mad at the media for reporting something that was said in an open clubhouse to the media. The clubhouse is a sanctuary, and and I think when things like that get out, it it doesn't make people want to talk to the media at all. Um, it, it affects the people who have been great to us all year, and it is what it is. It's real quick. Can we hear the beginning of that again? Travis Dearnod. Um, the, the clubhouse is a sanctuary. The clubhouse is a sanctuary. And, okay. And- Lame. Um, that's not it, though. That that's not it. That there's, there's I think it's Darno. Is it Darno? If that's the same dude that was playing yeah, for the Braves. Like, okay, yeah. Travis Darno. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry to his friends and family. <laughs> Uh, Travis he's Darno. soft anyways for saying that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty soft. Um, but here's the um, here's the the bro- the 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 broadcast call of the second home run on the Atlanta Braves radio network. And if you thought Travis Darno, yeah, was soft, I mean, I want you to to hear this because we have all the bases covered here. We have a. How dare Bryce Harper do this because of the state of the world? We have a how dare Bryce Harper do this because the Atlanta Braves just want to have fun playing baseball. This is salty, soft nonsense from the Atlanta Braves broadcast team after the home run, the second one hit by Bryce Harper. Again, gave the throat slashing sign, which given today's climate around the world, I'm not sure that's quite... Anybody, All right, cut it off right there. I, I Let's hear it one more time, that part one more time, and how patently ridiculous that is 
uh, the, the, the first part of it, Bryce Harper gave a throat slash to the plate saying it's over. The game's over. But, uh, but, but, but here's the Atlanta Braves radio network. Again, gave the throat slashing sign, which given today's climate around the world, I'm not sure that's quite appropriate. Anybody, I mean, what are we want? doing there with that? What are we doing with there with that? Are, are they trying to insinuate that, uh, that, 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 that Bryce Harper is showing deference to Hamas by giving the throat slash at the plate? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Don't you dare try to, 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 to shame Bryce Harper, oh who's just playing the damn sport, with what's going on in, in Israel right now. Stop it. That is disrespectful to that tragedy, yeah. and it's patently ridiculous and classic. When it comes to game three of the National League Divisional Series, how soft and ridiculous is that? From the same fan base that still gives you the tomahawk chop? Well, this is the thing. He's doing the throat slashing, oh, based on what's happening in the world right now. Oh, shut up. You 18 times a game have your fans in that stadium in Atlanta giving the tomahawk (laughs) chop. Enough. Are they are they being insensitive to the plight of the world right now? Let's continue on with this call from the Atlanta Braves radio network. We can play it from the beginning. It's fine. Again, gave the throat slashing sign, which given today's climate around the world, I'm not sure that's quite. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> God, anybody, what anybody wants to see. Alec Bohm, now nothing in one. One to bone. He fouls that one back. You know, there was some a story attributed to some writer who said he overheard Arcia say something in the locker room that was disparaging about Harper after game two. There's no proof that it was even said. Even Uh-oh. the writer said he wasn't sure that's what he said. Famous last words. To heart, and he's been glaring at Arcia. Alec Bohm takes ball low. As he rounds second on both homers. Right. Well, it was something that was turned into something that it was never meant to be. All right. And even if that were the case, okay, so they enjoyed the fact that they doubled up Harper to end the ball game. Heaven forbid they showed joy in doing that. Yeah. Oh, spare me. Enough. Can, can, can you line up that part right there real quick on the Atlanta Braves radio network? God forbid. God forbid they're allowed to celebrate and enjoy themselves. The Atlanta Braves playing baseball. Let's just hear that. Listen to the disdain in the voice on the Atlanta Braves radio network. Okay, so they enjoyed the fact that they doubled up Harper to end the ball game. Heaven forbid they showed joy in doing that. Oh, would you stop it? Would you stop it? The Atlanta Braves under Freddie Gonzalez. I'm old enough to remember Jose Fernandez hitting a home run at Marlins Park. And God forbid a pitcher admire that he hit one on the screws and walked four steps to first to admire it. I'm old enough to remember the Atlanta Braves clearing the benches to confront Jose Fernandez, may he rest in peace at the plate. The Atlanta Braves spent a decade being the fun police, and now all of a sudden, God forbid the Atlanta Braves be allowed to have some fun playing baseball. Enough. 
enough. What Bryce Harper did last night was perfectly fine. It was perfectly fun. And the Atlanta Braves are also the 1A definition of the gyrating, gesticulating baseball team. After everything they do, a single or a home run, they're they're pointing uh, to to their their forearms and they're flexing and they're motioning into the dugout and they got that dog in them and all that nonsense. So... Don't sit there and say, oh, the poor Braves, they just wanted to have fun playing baseball. Now they're being mocked by by big bully Bryce Harper. No, now you know how everybody else feels. I hope the Atlanta Braves broadcasters slept on it and realized in a multitude of ways just how silly they sounded last night on the airwaves. This thing was always supposed to uh, go down in, in spectacular fashion. If you know the uh, the DNA of an Atlanta sports fan, like... I mean, they've been having some good things happen recently. They got the Georgia Bulldogs winning. They got the Atlanta Braves World Series. And I would just love to see this thing go up in a pile of flames, them crying about a guy. Oh, but, uh, but you saying pile of flames, what are you? Uh, it, oh, I don't yeah, know if yeah, you I should forgot. use that yeah. with the state of the world right now, Theo. Gotta watch. And do they not know that the state of the world has always been screwed up? Like, it's always something going on. I cannot believe, thinking about it more, I cannot believe Bryce Harper giving a throat slash gesture at the <laughs> yeah, plate led to that. Oh, nobody wants to see that based on the current state of the world. What are you doing? Nobody would have even been thinking about that if you not had not said it. one person like, <laughs> was thinking, oh my God, based on what we've seen in Israel over the last couple of days, how dare Bryce Harper do that? Nobody thought that except for that guy. Yeah. Not yeah. one he's, human being he's thought that except for him. He's projecting because that's the universal signal in sports that it's over. Like that's what Bryce Harper's <laughs> saying. And so. so that brings me to this. Travis Darno. Orlando Arceus, the Atlanta Braves radio network, all of that collective complaining, woe is me, victimization, leads me to believe that the NLDS ends tonight. The Philadelphia Phillies are going to take down the clearly mentally broken Atlanta Braves, and it's on to the NLCS for the Phils. Oh. Is that another proclamation? It's a bold, factual proclamation. (laughs) I mean, that's just sad, right? Like, I'm not the only one who thinks, like, all of that collectively is just unbelievably sad, right? You know what Bryce Harper would have done if he was the one saying, oh, attaboy, RCS, attaboy, RCS, if it was completely reversed? He would have gone to the podium after game two and he would have said, yeah, we punked those guys. Yeah. Yeah, we punked those guys. There's just different levels to this entire thing. And the Braves, that, oh, woe is me. That means they're done. Season over. I think it is worse that they are cowering from this. Following the loss. Just own it, man. Like calling the locker room a sanctuary, the then blaming is a sanctuary. Yeah, then blaming the media for letting it get out there and trying to be like, oh, now we don't want to talk to reporters Ugh. as much. You've broken the faith and the trust. It's like, yeah. How about you just beat the dudes on the other side? And by the way, Orlando Arceus's comments didn't hang two breaking balls to Bryce Harper last right. night. Right. Like, those comments weren't the ones that threw <laughs> At the knees, hanging breaking balls last night. Twice. Not once, but twice. And he hit one 900 feet foul as well. That's a great point because it's not like he's the one pitching. He couldn't do nothing no. from, from, from his position. Right. No. What, second base? Shortstop? No. He couldn't do anything no. from his position to help at all. He just had to watch it like the rest of us. And anybody with a competitive pulse, if uh, they, they, they have someone who said something like that, of course they're going to, if they hit bombs, yeah. they're going to flex a little bit. That's human nature. 
I, in this day and age in baseball, that's 100% acceptable. <laughs> but the state of the world. The one thing I will say about uh, Arceus is I can tell by, by how contrite he was and how genuinely concerned he was. He really didn't want Bryce Harper to know he said those things mm-hmm. in the, in the oh, yeah. Like, he mm-hmm. legit was, oh, my God, I can't believe that got out. And it feels like maybe the Braves played like it. Like, how about you just yeah. live up to it yeah. and, and go out and just battle go this beat dude? His ass. You're scared of him? Just go beat his ass. Are you scared of Bryce Harper? Is that yeah. what you're admitting to us? Yeah. Uh, it feels like it. But that's that's what it feels like is now, uh-oh, they, they, they triggered – the great Bryce Harper. Yeah. And you can't play playoff yes. baseball thinking like that. Go attack him, man. He Especially in Philadelphia. Me. Right. He wasn't supposed to hear me, guys. Why'd you tell him? Right. Like, right. I would have said, said, yeah, I said it. Yeah. I said it. No, and you then wouldn't he beat. have. Well, you kind of have to, though, Stone. You think how much trash I think talk about- on this show. I can't cower from that Stone, stuff. You said the big fish comment. And how did you react to it after the dudes reeled you in after sacking you time and you after time? you got your ass beat the day after the, the, the day after it. you said that. Yeah, you eat it. And you absolutely own up to it. I'm uh, part of me is joking, but with what I had said earlier, yeah. they came and said, "Of course." The answer to it is, "Of course." You got to lean in. You yeah. eat it in the face. You got to lean in. And what Theo's mentioning with with Stone, oh, sorry, yeah, we and is is and we've talked about it. But I just yeah. want to make sure everybody knows when he was at Southern Illinois. Stone was at Southern Illinois. They made a late season run to get into the playoffs. You guys were playing well. You beat ranked teams consecutively, yep. and so you had another ranked team coming up. There were three of them, right? Three ranked teams three that you were looking to beat back to back to back. And Stone, after beating the second ranked team, said, "Hey, it's another big fish. We're going to put it on the wall." And and we're going to go get another one on Saturday. So we went to, what was it, North Dakota State? South Dakota State. South North Dakota State country. went in, and they beat his ass. They sacked him <laughs> 5 million times. He threw 9 million interceptions. Every time they sacked him, they would make the, the fish... The, the 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 rod reel in motion and Stone got benched at halftime. Yeah. You know what Stone did? He owned it and he ate it. Yeah, the only reason that I uh, didn't get it more in the second half is because I was on the bench. At that point. <laughs> yeah, you would have got it more if you played the wow. third and fourth quarter. Exactly. Don't you only, eat it, you love it. I only mentioned that because I wanted to hear that story again because it's hilarious. That's the only reason <laughs> why I brought that up. It but is, it is relevant. It is yeah. absolutely it is relevant to this. No doubt about it. Uh, so... Braves are done tonight. Yeah. Uh, what's a sports belief you hold without any evidence to support it? Let's go back to social media real quick. Uh, Andrew says the NBA was better before they started jacking 53-pointers a game. I can't argue with that. I uh, no. I love the NBA, and I love professional basketball, but I don't love the fact that it sometimes devolves in the regular season into, hey, let's just chuck it, instead of running offense. You're... <laughs> It, it, you know what it does? It makes the uniformity of the game feel so bland because everybody's running the similar stuff now. Yes. There's no identities to each team as yes. much as it used to that's be. That's extremely well put, and that's yeah. a, a, a very good translation of that. Yeah. 100%. Um, Jake says the NFL only stands to benefit from Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It, yeah. Yeah. It, well, no, that's, we have evidence. All the money and the <laughs> I views. Gonna say, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there might actually be tangible proof of that. Yeah. How about this from Roundhead? The 1985 Chicago Bears would go 8-9 and nine in an era with Brady, Manning, Rodgers, Breeze all in their prime. That's a fact. That's a fact. Wait. The 85 Chicago Bears, the, the arguable the greatest, greatest defense of all time, would go 8-9, and nine, especially with that eh, offense, in an era with Brady, Manning, Rodgers, Breeze all in their primes. Now, as a, as a child of Chicago sports fandom, bleep off Roundhead. Yeah. As a rational 39-year-old Ken Levicka, Probably. So what? So they're saying if they're playing in with this era's rules as well, though, because not just those great quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but these rules. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, within yeah, that's different. Yeah, I'm I'm hammering the Houston Texans <laughs> against the '85 Bears right You're now. You're hammering the Carolina Panthers. But if, the, if you took those Texans and made them play in the '80s, then then the Bears would hammer them. No, no, the Bears wouldn't touch a single player on that offense, especially your boy Tank Dell. They're just not touching any of these cats. They would touch him up. Tank Dell will be concussed three minutes into the They've game. They've never seen a jet sweep before. They don't know why he's running across the <laughs> formation. Oh, no, what's this motion? Why is he running? Uh, uh, James says football is the greatest sport in human history. There's never been a game ever invented that's more beautiful, complex, difficult to play, or important, and I'll fight over this. Okay. I would say parody is one of the greatest things the NFL has is, is, is yeah. the bound of parody. I would argue hockey at its highest level is more beautiful to watch than football. I think soccer is more beautiful than them all. I mean, there's just really I, no arguing it. I mean, I'm. I also would argue that as well. I'm I going. Like no, no. I'm against it just because I don't want to be three guys tooting up. For three guys, right now. three guys pumping up soccer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm against it. Anti soccer guy here. And then Troy says uh, the Browns will win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. That's what I believe. I have no evidence to support it. <laughs> Troy, unfortunately, I think I have evidence to support that they won't win a Super Bowl in your lifetime. This is going to be a sad lifetime for Troy. But may you live long. Uh, When we come back here on LaVica Theo and Stone, um, what is proper protocol at dinner when you're with your sweetie? That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken LaVica. LaVica Theo and Stone on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Hot golf action. Trump National Doral Live Golf Team Championship. It's the last event of the Live Golf season, October 20th through the 22nd. Get your tickets, livegolf.com. The head-to-head match play, foursomes, team stroke play, four races. The champions last year, they're in the mix this year. Coming from behind, though, Dustin Johnson, Jupiter resident, captain of that side. Get your tickets, livegolf.com. Alesso performs Saturday, Fisher on Sunday. Family-friendly food, kid zones, fan village, all at Trump National Doral. For the final event of the Live Golf season, Live Golf Team Championship, October 20th through the 22nd. Get your tickets, livegolf.com. $50 million total payout, $12 million to the champs. The biggest purse in golf history, livegolf.com, livegolf.com. It's the Live Golf Team Championship. When we return, we're pushing our propaganda with FAU head coach Tom Herman. That's Theo Dorsey, Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka, Levicka, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 1063. Got this message from Paul. Ken, you're a sports talk radio host, and you keep calling Orlando Arcia, Orlando Arceus, and Travis Diarnod. How do you not know it's Darno? What an idiot. First of all, Paul, shut up. Get your own radio show. Yeah. Okay. Paul. Second of all, it's the Atlanta Braves. I don't give two solitary bleeps about him. So again, shut up. Yeah. Third, your season, your team season's ending tonight. Okay. And four, Chris Mad Dog Russo made an entire career out of butchering people's names, and he's a millionaire. Okay. Yeah. Go tell that to Chris Russo. Paul, shut up. Paul sucks. 
Levicka, Theo, and Stone here on ESPN 106.3. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. It is Baptist Health Orthopedic Care and the great doctors that keep FAU football healthy. And speaking of FAU football, the head coach of Florida Atlantic is Tom Herman. It's time to push him all propaganda as always on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, coach, have you have you successfully dried off from that rain deluge last Saturday and the win over Tulsa that spanned the third and fourth quarter? That was insane. Yeah, barely. I, I think my fingers are still pruned uh, a, a little bit. But hey, like, can we can we go back? Good for you, man. Well, well, hey, welcome to the world of everybody uh, can do the job that not only are you trained to do, but have been doing it for thirty years. Right. Uh, that that everybody can do it better than you. That's so, right. Um, I, I try to always use the adage. You know what? I'm I'm never going to tell my surgeon where to cut, and I'm never going <laughs> to tell. Uh, an engineer where to put a bolt when he's building a bridge. So um, good, good for you. You know what what you do for a living uh, takes a lot of skill and mastery, and um, I, I think everybody that's listening should should realize that. And we're, we're lucky to have you, Ken. But uh, yeah, the the weather. I, I had never been around or never really coached through rain like that. And I'll tell you why. And you're like, well, welcome to South Florida. I get that, but. <laughs> Uh, usually when it rains that hard, as it did many times in Houston uh, on the Gulf of Mexico, you know, um, it's accompanied with lightning, and they, they usually clear you off the field. Yep. And by the time you, you come back out, kind of the worst has passed. And, and so for the skies to just totally open up, but yet no lightning to, to get us off the field and, and have to play through it, I, I was really proud of our guys. And uh, also proud of our, our student section for sticking around and, and cheering us on through that crap. Uh, you uh, you have have been at some some places, major pressure cooker jobs in your career. You're the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, of course, the head coach at Texas. Uh, and and speaking of uh, of criticisms and stuff from the outside, how did you teach yourself? how to put blinders on and just not pay attention to that stuff? Or is there, uh, do, you, do you still kind of check in just to kind of get a gauge for, for what the outside is saying? I, I don't, you know, I, I think I heard something. That's why I've been off social media for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it had never been put this succinctly to me and, and it just light bulb clicked. Somebody said, if you wouldn't ask their opinion, why would you care? Uh, or if you wouldn't ask for their advice, why would you care about their opinion? Sure. And um, so I, I certainly, there are people in my life that I care dearly about their opinion and, and advice and, and all of that. But uh, those that, as you know, Roosevelt famously said, those that have never been in the arena, um, you know, and, and only, you know, experienced neither victory nor defeat, uh, by standing on the sidelines, we'll, we'll leave that. We, you know, we know what we signed up for, though, too. And and um, you know, our our job is, uh, you know, there, there's there's two C's that get gets clicks, and those are championships and cynicism. And so, hmm. um, you know, right now we, we don't have we haven't 
won a championship yet. We're fighting really, really hard, and uh, but we know until we do, there, there's going to be some cynicism out there. Florida Atlantic football, 1-0 in American Athletic Conference play. They win the opener in their conference. Their league debut beat Tulsa 20-17 to last Saturday in Boca. Coming up, 3.30 kickoff in Tampa from Raymond James Stadium. It is Florida Atlantic. It is USF. And when I talked with Coach Herman uh, after the win on Saturday, he said, we need FAU fans going out to Tampa filling up those seats at Raymond James Stadium. I'm old enough to have uh, been the play-by-play voice to see FAU win at Raymond James back in uh, 2013 and saw a lot of FAU fans there. This this is obviously in-state. This is obviously a conference matchup. First time that these two teams have gone at each other as a conference team. Uh, does that does that add extra significance outside of hey we need to win a game we're in a championship race in the American Athletic Conference is this a is this a rivalry? I I think both can be true. I I think that we can understand that the conference when you beat USF the conference doesn't give you one and a half wins. You know they 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 give you the same amount uh, as when you beat Tulsa, and so. Uh, we understand that this game is the, the next one on the schedule. Our, our mantra in our program and everything we do is to go one and zero. And you know, we're, right now we're zero and zero on the season. Zero and zero against South Florida with, with an opportunity to go one and zero. And and um, we know that would go a long way uh, in you know our, our quest to be you know competing for conference championships in November. And so, uh, but uh, you know the the two can be a bit, you know, exclusive. You, you can also understand that, hey, we, you know, these, these guys have played high school football against each other or with each other, and, um, you know, we, we, we run in the same circles in, in recruiting quite a bit. And so, uh, you know, we, we know that the winner of this game is, is going to get – there's only two um, schools in the entire state of Florida in the American Conference, and uh, – there was one in Boca and one in Tampa, and so we're we're going to try to do our best to make sure that that we have bragging rights uh, over the state for an entire year, but also really really focused on the fact that we we've, we've got to go execute to go win another conference game. Here with FAU head coach Tom Herman on ESPN 106.3. It's Levicka Theo and Stone. In retrospect, uh, I couldn't help but notice that uh, at the conclusion of your win over Tulsa, you took a knee. Uh, that later in the night would take on national college football significance, that decision. Uh, For you, when it comes to late-game decision-making, ensuring wins, what's the communication like between you and the rest of the offensive coaching staff about how to execute late-game to ensure that you're able to close out a victory? That is so funny because when that came out of your mouth, Ken, and you said you took a knee, I was like, Whoa! Wait, what did I get myself? What kind of political? What kind of political mess did I get myself into? I don't remember. I don't remember taking a knee, but now I I understand. Yes, we were in victory. We our team took a knee. Um, It's there's a chart, and the the chart is uh, really infallible because time is what it is, and so you you always know based on your opponent's timeouts uh, and whether. You know, the the drive started, you know, the first down was achieved with the clock stopped or was it achieved, you know, when, with the clock going really are the two only uh, real things that you that you got to know. And, and, you know, you, you know, when you got them and, and can run the clock out, then you, you jog your victory team in. 
I also wanted to ask you uh, as well, Theo, you had something happen to you this past weekend. You're a worldly man, Coach Herman, and so I like to pick your brain about, yeah. well, uh, a lot of things outside of football. And uh, Theo, what did you what did you send Stone and I uh, over the weekend when you were out to dinner with uh, your fiance Ashley? Yeah, man, I was wondering because there, we, we witnessed a couple who it was a booth action where half of the table was booth, the other half was chair, and we saw that the man took the booth and he had his his significant other, who was a woman, take the chair. And I was trying to figure out: is that a boss move or is it kind of like a soft move? How do you? What's your take on if you see a booth, it's half booth, half chair? Do you concede that to your to your significant yeah, other? Yeah, here's here's exactly what I do, and it is independent of booth of chairs. What I, if I'm in with my wife and there's an option? I ask my wife, so and then she gets she gets what she wants, and I'll 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 get option B, and life is good. So that's um, right advice. No, I, I I would have asked my wife first, uh, but my my preference uh, is is definitely a chair, so that I can you know kind of get up and and get out whenever I need to. Wow, chair over booth. I'm a booth guy, but yeah, I mean, the I'm, booth is more comfortable. I think the the chair you're you're more independent in the chair. Where, where if you got to go take a leak or something in the booth, now you got to bother <laughs> people and all that stuff, or mm-hmm. crawl under the table, and nobody wants to do that. No, no, that that is wonderful and measured and educated insight there from FAU head coach Tom Herman. Coach, it's always fun spending some time with you on these Thursdays. Really appreciate it, and uh, go get them against USF. We'll talk to you on the bus tomorrow. Okay. All right, thanks, Ken. Go out. That is FAU head coach Tom Herman. 3.30 kickoff, Florida Atlantic at USF Saturday on the FAU Sports Media Network. There we go. We got our answer. My thing is, I feel like you pull out the chair for your significant other. That's that's a good excuse. There you go. I got to use that one. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.